basketball is back finally. Zachy Moon comes in to join me here on the porch today. We uh, we get into West Virginia's matchups here coming up with K-State, Texas Tech, how it looks moving forward, kind of just our general over, overall thoughts of the of the, the break there due to COVID, the pause, and it's back. Hallelujah for that. We also get into the Mountaineer football team kind of, you know, ha- had some some returning uh, players coming back, announcing they're coming uh, to keep the climb. And it's going to be very interesting. Uh, we kind of get into that a little bit in forecast. It's never too early to start, you know, envisioning what football could look like. A lot of lot of time till then. A lot of pieces will still be added by Neil and the boys uh, on that staff. But we know it's going to be a we we have our we have our faith, and, and we're going to continue to keep trusting that climb. So you guys know what to do. It's in the morning. Grab that coffee. Fill stout. It's in the evening. Grab the drink. And. Uh, don't scroll past this because there will be maybe a Bernie meme or two that you'll have to get through before you get to us here on the porch. But uh, we really appreciate you guys. And come on back with us. We're talking Mountaineer hoops because basketball is back. What's going on there, man? Hey, hey, hey. Back, back, back at it again, man. Like, uh, like a famous father would say. Well, we we'll keep our content a little, uh, a little more above the uh, the belt than than she would there. But um, man, what's uh, what's going on there, buddy? I mean, excited to uh, to get to watch a basketball game again here that that um, involves the old golden blue. Oh yeah, ready to scratch this itch. I've been I've been hurting for some basketball for the Mountaineers. You ain't kidding, man. I mean, as nice as it is to be able to sit there and watch all these other teams, and I'll tell you what, Zach, that's I, you know, let's kind of get there. Let's kind of start there real quick. I mean, have you seen any teams there over the past two weeks that have impressed you? Any teams that have really kind of you haven't been impressed with? And kind of where do you think WVU falls in that mix? I mean, kind of nice in a certain way. We've been able to kind of take a pause um, when we were kind of at maybe one of our more vulnerable points. Um, but what have you seen around the nation here in the last two weeks, or maybe in the Big 12 in particular, that either made you discouraged or encouraged about uh, West Virginia? Well, I honestly haven't watched as much as I would have liked to. I don't know if maybe I've been a little more disconnected because WVU hasn't been playing. I just haven't been as into it for some reason. COVID kind of has that effect on you too. But I did watch the Baylor-Kansas game, and I'm telling you, that Baylor team is hella impressive, man. They are – they're so, they're so versatile. They've got the guards everybody knows about. They've got Butler, Teague, Mitchell. One guy that impressed the hell out of me besides Vital, because you watch Vital play, he's an electric factory. Yeah. But Chamba Chachawa, he is one in his own right, man. He is freaking everywhere. I was telling my wife. Like, you say that well, five times, though, Zach? Chamba Chachawa, Chamba Chachawa, Chamba Chachawa. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Because um, I won't even try it once, buddy. So uh, I've yeah. heard it a lot from the commentators. They've they've helped me prepare to say it myself. But I was telling my wife, that's who you would have wanted Oscar to be. That kind of effort. That kind of just total. Exact. Exact. I don't motor. want to say the wrong way. I don't want to hear his name again. I'm just saying. <laughs> Tally just mark saying. one. Tally mark one for this episode. Right? Okay, fine. That's yep, all I got. Yep. But I, I, he's everywhere. <laughs> he's all over the glass, man. He yep. jumps out of the gym. His effort level is through the roof. Yeah, I mean, and you know that that game there with uh between Baylor and Kansas was a pretty entertaining game, uh, a game in which really, I mean, when you you go back and you look at it, uh, I mean, Baylor. I'm not going to say Baylor dominated, but they kind of dominated. They controlled um, it from the tip. Yeah, I mean, they had they were out and running. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a little portion there toward the backside where Kansas made a little run, and you know you could kind of feel the momentum maybe going toward them, and then like you said, Electric Factory Mark Vital comes in there, gets an alley oop, boom, just like that, the Baylor lead goes back, Kansas turns it over, Baylor hits a three. It feels like every time they need a bucket, they got a bucket, you know, and and man, it's just impressive. I'm very impressed, like you said, by Baylor. Um, and kind of what they're working with. And I think, too, Zach, on that note, I'm not very impressed with Kansas, man. And I know we've, you know, we, we harped about this, you know, back before Christmas a bunch on Kansas. But, man, the more and more I watch them, the more and more I think if they're not shooting the lights out, they are not a team that scares me very much come March. Well, that's the thing with them. They shot the lights out against us, and they beat us. And we absolutely could have beat them. But, like you said, they were just on fire that night. 
and you'll have that with them. But like you said, if they're not shooting with at that kind of clip, then that's not a team that really terrifies you down the stretch. Not at all. I mean, Oklahoma State, you know, kind of kind of put the clamps on them and, and won a game um, against them in there. That you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to say that that was to be expected, but I mean, Oklahoma State made that look rather easy too. You know. Um, which was something else. And I'll tell you one, another team, Zach, that I'm, I've been watching a bunch here, and I'm starting to – I really like them, but then there's, there's – I saw them last night, and I'm I, I, a team that I wouldn't mind facing in March, and that's Iowa. Mm-hmm. They took an L last night. It's a great – you're telling me I don't – I mean, I have the feeling that, you know, because of the defensive plan and the ability of Culver, he can match up well with a guy like Garza. So, like – I mean, and granted, I think, you know, we, we could hit on this a little bit later, but, I mean, for this basketball team, the, the end, the be-all, end-all of this kind of rebirth of the season and everything, it's going to come down to shot-making. If we make shots, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take else. Yep, you're absolutely right. That's, that's what's going to make or break us because I think, I hope, they will continue to progress defensively. Huggins is going to lose his mind if they don't. But yeah. offensively, and they've they've done a better job the past few games, which it seems like those have been forever ago, of making shots at a decent clip. And they've got more guys out there on the floor that can shoot. But it's got to be consistent, and hopefully, hopefully it will be. It'll get a little get a little more consistency. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's funny you funny you mentioned that about the defensive end. And I started kind of, I was just kind of thinking about it, talking talking with my actually talking with my dad there a little bit about this and. And brought up the point, it was like, you know, yes, we're we're sort of taking this snapshot of West Virginia and our re- most recent thoughts are off of a very vulnerable time. I mean, you lost one of your, your pillars to your team. Actually, you lost two guys that would have been really crucial for you, both on the front line at the same time. You have a, a two-day turnaround. You have to play a decent team. And then you've lost your other three losses are the teams that are ranked in the top five. And, and in all three games, you had the lead at some point in time in the basketball game. So, I mean, that's, I think that's one thing we've got to continue to kind of look at and say to ourselves, okay, you know, it's not as bad as what we last seen or what we thought we were looking at, but it's also, you know, it's, we, we may not be where we were, but we're not that far off from where we could possibly get to still with this team. And the other thing I talk, think about too is like, you think about the effort they gave two days after Oscar with <gasps> Oklahoma coming yeah. back. Then you pull off the win with the 19-pointer. And then you have a whole week. You get yourself together. You come out. You play a team that everybody says is the top, on the top line on the seeds right now. And you had the game won. And you didn't even do some things late that you probably could have very easily done to win the game. If you do one or two different things instead of having all of them go against you, you, are, you beat the number four team in the country – and now you're sitting here with two weeks off uh, due to COVID and you're on a winning streak and you're sitting there at 10 and three and you're probably in the top 10 and you're like Villanova sitting there at number three and hadn't played, but since Christmas, since the other night, uh, unbelievable, by the way, they snuck out against Providence. Nova's a team that's going to get beat early, Zach, not impressed by them at yeah, all. They're, I think they're ranked at three based on name alone at this point. Would you agree with that? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Providence, Providence gave them everything they wanted and more, and should have won the basketball game. They got a little, got a little unfortunate um, in taking that loss there to them the other night. Yeah, just just real quick, I'm not I'm not gonna harp on it, but you uh, you may have said a name that I've I've recently been looked down upon for saying. So we'll, well we won't uh, we won't get onto you too bad about that. Oh, did I? Did I? Did I? Did I throw? His name I actually there? gasped. I audibly gasped. I couldn't believe you said it. <laughs> Oh, did I? I? I thought I said a pillar. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I actually threw his name out. Nope, you did. But okay. hey, we make, we all make mistakes. <laughs> but we do, right? We, believe me, every damn day, <laughs> every damn day. But like, um, you know that's and you know what though, and, and you know what, we'll, we'll throw another on the tally marker. There's there's three there. Oscar and his and his decision, um, is not going to be in the end what makes or breaks no. this team. You know. The the team now they've had I like I like the point in time where we got this pause man because I think it, it allows us to re reinvent ourselves and I think we're going to see the fruits of this reinvention here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Granted, 
I've been hearing that we haven't really been able to practice the way we'd like to due to the COVID and it's kind of been pieced together a little bit. And so there might be a little bit of rust coming off here Saturday. Um, but hopefully we can knock some of that rust off Saturday because Monday's a big test. And honestly, it's a blessing that we have Kansas State at this juncture in the season because we need a team that we would normally be able to handle fairly easily under normal circumstances. But it may be a little more of a challenge than you'd expect considering the adversity that we have right now. So it it might be a bit of a challenge, but a win is a win in this league. So I'll take it however it comes. Hopefully that's what we see it's about six o'clock tomorrow evening, but yeah. Oh yeah. We finally got tip off time. I don't, I mean, it kind of just snuck in on there on us a little four o'clocker, you know, it was kind of allows you to get yourself acclimated with the rest of the day, sit in there at four, like you said, around six, you know, you, you eat dinner and and you've got a W in hand. Um, You know, it's interesting. You, you brought up the point about being able to, you know, win as a win and to be able to ease back in. But, man, is there not a, a slight little bit of a it's a trap type of deal here? Because, you know, we're sitting here, we feel like we're in good position for this game. And yet I know our kids have probably heard this, too. And they know that Fort, the, Fort Hayes, the Fort Hayes State Tigers, you know, took out Kansas State. They know Kansas State's at the bottom of the, of the, of the Big 12 barrel at this point. I'm hoping that's not a trap scenario for this basketball team that they kind of think they can just roll, roll out, out the carpet, ball, roll out the ball, and go, go, go get a win there in the octagon of doom, um, even if there are no fans there. I would hope not. You never know what their mentality is going to be, but I would like to think that they're going to be itching to get back out there, run around. There may be a little rust to knock off, like you said, but I would like to think that they'll be juiced up to get back out there after a couple of weeks layoff. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that too because – you know, that, that there won't be – hopefully the energy – and that's the number one thing I think with the West Virginia team, especially in a game like this, is, is the energy there. And so, like you said, you think the energy will be there. Hopefully the rust, it will not be there. And hopefully the, the shot making is there so that the rust isn't necessarily as much of a factor. Yeah, that's, that's the hope. And I want to get back to something you said about our record and where we sit right now, the losses that we have. So, you go back through the schedule, like you said – couple of the losses we have are against top five teams. And then you have a loss in Oklahoma. That's a tournament team. It may not be a loss that you want to have, but it's a tournament team, and it comes off the loss, the first game off after the loss of an unnamed McDonald's All-American. Yeah, you know what? I, I like that. He who shall not be named. He, he, is, now, he is now elevated himself to that he's, status. He's right? in Baltimore I mean, status. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. It was coming off the loss of him, and – you know, not to make excuses, but that is going to change the way you approach a game, the way you play. you got to have time to adjust for that. Almost took an L to Oklahoma State, who I would like to think is another tournament team. They're they're tough in their own right. But we ended up coming back and beating them. Texas 100%. obviously goes without saying. So you hope that after this layoff, this is a team that will have had time to try and reestablish their identity, understand the roles amongst the guys. I've set up for the last two weeks now. And that's what you're hoping for. Whether or not they do it is yet to be seen, but there will be plenty of basketball to see whether that happens. Yeah. Oh, man, and, and speaking of plenty, I mean, the schedule, how, how it kind of got loaded in there. Uh, I mean, playing Baylor, what, five times – or five times. Thank God <laughs> it's not five times. Playing Baylor twice in five days, uh, five o'clock start for one of those. You're doing the same thing, moving a TCU game into a five o'clocker. Uh, we're going to be playing Texas Tech, what – I mean, a couple times here in the next couple of weeks. So there's definitely opportunities there um, for, for for us to kind of show it. Zach, I want to I want to bring up something here real quick that we're talking. You know, getting into Kansas State here a little bit uh, before we kind of shift our focus to to Monday and, and how crucial that Texas Tech game is. Um, man, the last the last game that Kansas State won was back. Uh, I mean, and this is this is it's crazy to me to even think about this, but it has it's been since a victory versus Omaha, Omaha, <laughs> Omaha, um, in in the Octagon of Doom by two, sixty to fifty eight, and that game came all the way back on December 29th. So I mean, you think about that real quick. Oscar Shebway was Oscar who shall not be named 
uh, and we just did it again. There's no we here. It was you. <laughs> was still on the Mountaineer basketball. I mean, that's how long it's been since Kansas mm-hmm. State's had a game. And then you even look at that, and how many games it's been since they've had a competitive close game, even at that, Zach, is another thing to look at. I mean, I believe um, in their last five games, they've only had one game that was within 10 points. Yep. Um, and that was a, a, a loss to TCU. I mean, so it's not like – Kansas State's even playing competitive basketball right now, which is a good thing um, for a team that needs to get some confidence, uh, for sure. I mean, you you know, I guess you lost the game by 11 to Texas Tech, but then the other one, 16 to Oklahoma State, 15 to Texas, 26 to Oklahoma. So, it's I mean, it's a team that's definitely struggling, and it's not a team necessarily that strikes a lot of fear in you. I mean, you look at, the, you look at their team, I mean, do you, do you see a guy, or is there a guy that you kind of say, man, can't let him go off. You know, we can't let that guy beat us. And I don't see that guy for them. I mean, they have three guys that are averaging right around 11 points in McGurl, Gordon, and Pack. But it's not like they are a outstanding uh, outstanding group there. I mean, and they're, and they're guard-oriented there, those guys that are scoring points for them. They really don't have anything, I think, down low uh, to match Culver. Yeah, and – from what I can tell, it doesn't even look like Pack has been in the lineup the past couple games at least. I, I noticed that he'd gotten some run a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if something happened to him. I haven't been able to find anything. I don't know if he's hurt or on discipline or something like that, but I haven't found anything. But, you know, like you said, McGurl, Gordon, those are your main guys. You've got Bradford, who's a freshman down low. I don't think that – I don't think that Colbert yeah. will have much problem with him. No, I don't either. I mean, you know what? You're going to let these guys shoot from the outside. And that's one thing, too. I, I heard the stat – um, about how bad we have been in terms of allowing open mm-hmm. shots, right? Hopefully that's not – because if you remember correctly, Zach, last year coming into the Kansas State game, we were riding high, doing great. Then we ended up having that stumbling block because that was a game where they went off. Um, I remember McGurl had a huge game mm-hmm. that game. So let's, let's hope that this is the same thing. I mean, you look at their team in terms of three-point shooting percentage. I mean, they don't – I mean – Pack is their probably their best three point shooter. I mean, and then you have to go way down the list. I mean, I'll let Gordon shoot threes all day. I'll also let the uh, Miguel kid shoot them too. I mean, both those dudes are under twenty seven percent from the season. So, you know, allow I guess kind of we, we I think we want to do a better job, obviously defensively, continuing to kind of improve that DNA and get tough on that end because that's in the end that's what's going to carry this team um, because we need to have the ability that when we don't shoot the ball well, because it's going to happen that we can still find ways to win games. Yeah. And they're so young. I mean, they're, they're a team who in a couple of years, they'll, they'll probably make their way up to the middle, maybe the top of the conference if they can, you know, stay together and they can improve. But right now they're just in complete rebuild mode. So it's not a team that really scares yeah. you. But you, you have a, you got a lot of faith. In I, Bruce I said, maybe that's uh <laughs> okay. <laughs> not a lot of faith. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll throw. I'll I'll, I'll I'll allow you to have. I'll allow you to have that. And maybe I mean, and, and like you said, you look at those. You look at that team, and it's just like there's not a lot of outstanding um, pieces there right now. You know, I mean, but you think about it. What two years ago this team was, uh, you know, coming off an Elite Eight berth and, and had another great season with you know the Barry Browns of the world. So I mean, this team is. Uh, it's it's a rebuild job for sure. There for 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 Weber. And uh, it, it's going to take a little bit of time uh, to maybe get them back to that level. And I think they really overachieved those couple years with those teams anyway. Got some fortunate draws. Um, and you still weren't even able to knock out old sister Jean. And, that, uh, and that's one team that kind of was like this one at one point. They were really young. It was a group that came up together, Brown and Wundu. They were young, took their lumps in the league, yep. and then they got to the point where they were in the you know second to last weekend. Xavier Sneed was young well. on that yep. team. You know, they were they were a group that came up together. And sometimes, you know, especially with a program like Kansas State, you know, that's a cyclical kind of program, which, you know, we are to an extent, too. Yep. We have to, you know, hit stride. We have to get a group of guys together, let them grow, hit their stride later in their career, and make a I run. Think that's, I think that's funny you mentioned that, Zach, about us being a cyclical program. Because I'd argue that we are not. Not one, to that degree. But yet in certain not ways that we are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because – I think we're a cyclical program in terms of you're going to be in that top 25 conversation. Right. It depends on, I think just based off the brand that we've built and the way the polls set up, we, I mean, as much as people want to say West Virginia doesn't get the benefit of the doubt and the pollsters hate us and all that stuff, 
Not too no. much in basketball. We get the recognition I mean, we probably deserve. They, yeah, I mean, and sometimes I think we get recognition mm-hmm. we probably don't deserve. I mean, there's been a couple seasons where they've had us very highly kind of thought of, and we end up kind of, you know, for better like term, mm-hmm. shitting in our hand. Um, and that's that's happened probably a few more times than I'm sure Hugs would like to have uh, like like to have seen happen. I mean, I guess the one comes always comes back to the 2018 team. I mean, everyone kind of, you know. Or was that 2019? That's 2019. Never mind. 2018 was a pretty good year. Um, it's COVID's got everybody a little got got the years kind it's of all starting to run together back for sure. Man, I mean, damn, is it really though? I mean, if you think about it, hell, I mean, we were this time last year we're riding high, we're thinking we're going to be right there in the in the mix for everything, and then boom, what we we shut this thing down in about a month from now. So I mean, it's it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy in certain respects how how far we've come, but yet how far we have still not come uh here in the last year <laughs> you're absolutely right but you know we yeah. we are kind of that kind of program but our lows aren't as low as a team like kansas state they when they have to rebuild when they get to that stage where they're kind of reloading their low is much lower than ours is we can you know granted the year that we had um when culver and mccabe and matthews refreshment that was about as low as you could expect for us to be mm-hmm. and hopefully that's as low as we ever are for the foreseeable future I mean, you really think about it. I mean, in terms of the time that Hugs has been in Morgantown, he has had three teams that were less than right. satisfactory. Um, maybe four if you want to go and throw in that year, the second year of the rebuild in the Big 12 where they got it back. But at least you were competitive and you had – it was a fun team to watch. Maybe a couple breaks go your way. You might have been in the tournament even that year with uh, Harrison Henderson and that crew and Staten in his first – in his second year. Um but, yeah, I 100% agree with that statement in terms of – and that's how Hugs likes to build a team, and that's where I was going to get on with that point you brought up, which is that we still have to remember, too, this team that we have right now is mm-hmm. very young. I mean, it's it's still very young. I mean, you don't have a senior out yep. there on the floor. More than likely, you know, unless some guys want to go play in Europe or, or you know, are just graduating, they just don't want to – they just don't want to spend any more time in Morgantown you're pretty much going to have the majority of this team back. I mean, I can't really think of anybody in particular that I think would be jetting off to, you know, go play ball somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, you think of your guys who are, you know, technically seniors. You've got Taz and Gabe. Those are your technical, you know, your guys who could leave after this year just based on the fact they have their degree now. I can't imagine that either of them would want to leave. You know, Taz is probably a favorite to get sixth man in the league. And, you know, having him back next year will be huge, as it would with Gabe. We are very well documented in our, our love, our gushing love for Gabe, Osaboyan. Oh. So having them back next year will be awesome. And then the guys younger than them, hopefully, you know, your two NBA caliber guys and Culver and McBride, hopefully they decide to come back. I don't think either of them are quite ready to make that leap yet, but you just never know. You wouldn't have thought that Kanate would make that leap Boy. when he did because he would have benefited from another year here. Devin Williams, yeah. same story. But, you, you know, know, if they can all come back, that'd be Zach, huge. I'm, I'm, also, I'm also kind of wondering, too, like, the more and more we get removed from he, sh- <laughs> he who shall not be named, um, the more and more you start reg- you start looking at the similarities between him and mm-hmm. Zags, right? You know, come from the same kind of – same uh, same high school – have a lot of people in their ears. You don't get that same impression from Culver and Deuce, which I think is a nice thing um, to to have there, you know. And you build that in with the rest of this team moving forward. You know, I'm I'm really really excited to see. Especially, I mean, obviously tomorrow will be a fun opportunity. But man, let's let's get into Monday a little bit, man. What do you expect to see Monday when uh, the Red Raiders come to town? I expect to see a lot of attention paid to Mac McClung, and rightfully so. He's kind of the guy who keeps their engine going. He's their primary scorer. He's he's electric, man. You know what, though, Zach? I, as much as you say that, I am fine with him being the guy hoisting up a bunch of shots. Because I think if he's not getting everybody else involved, I think that that's fine, fine for us. I mean, yeah, he made the big look against Texas. But, man, he I feel like when I watch the kid play, there's not a lot of – attention on the defensive mm. end. Um, I think he's a wink link in their defense Somebody right now Deuce still. Hopefully he turns the ball Deuce over. Could hopefully torch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He turns the ball over a little too much still. Um, I just think that, yeah, he's got the got the big persona and the big kind of gusto, and he's kind of that guy that people, um, that people kind of, uh, 
uh, what's the right word here, that, that, that people kind of look to and pinpoint as that key transfer that he got. But, man, Burton from Wichita is good. Um, you know, Silva from B, from VCU that they mm-hmm. got is good. I mean, those two guys are just as important as McClung. McClung gets all the headlines, and, yeah, he's made the big shots. And, yeah, he's probably the guy that has to score points for them other than Edwards and McClure um, for them to be successful. But I'm okay with McClung. If we allow McClung to be the guy who tr- typically – or the guy who's putting up a lot of looks, I think that'll work for us in the end because I think we can kind of cut off the rest of the snake and then eventually kind of cut him down too. Yeah, I think that's probably the way I would hope that it would shake out. It'll be the battle of the Max, Mac Clung versus Mac Bride. So I would hope that Miles can pull that one out. But you're right. It's a team that's almost brand new. Edwards and uh, Shannon Jr., those are the two guys that had come back from the previous year's team. I'm pretty sure the rest of their main contributors are, are transfers. So it's a team that I'm sure is still gelling. Obviously, it's a very talented team, and any team coached by Chris Beard is going to have a chance. But I would like to think yep. that we should be able to take care of business, but it'll it'll be a tough one. Co- Beard is about one of the best coaches well, out know, there. What... Oh, and then they're going to tell you that he's the best, one of the best coaches out there about 35 <laughs> times so. on Monday night as well. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what, so deservedly so, but let's also talk about the Hall of Famer. Yep. All right. right. You know, at, at times – I feel like a guy like Beard gets – I mean, don't get me wrong. Great coach. I mean, he's obviously – he did an amazing job kind of rebuilding and kind of restoking the fires in that program. But let's let's also say this real quick. He took it from Tubby. Tubby got that team into the tournament before Beard got there. And he was able to take and take a hold of him. And I'm, I'm now losing his name now, Zach. It's in my head. Um, Evans? Keenan yep, Evans? Keenan Evans. He was a hell of a point guard. Yeah. Keenan Evans. I mean, the point guard extraordinary. He was the leader. Now, he's the kind of guy like Javon Carter was in building Press Virginia, built that culture and allowed them mm-hmm. to get where they got, you know, that first year getting to the Elite Eight. I'd say, under, you know, to some extent got a better – got the seed that we should have gotten and, you know, was able to advance one extra round. Uh, but that's a story for a later day, um, that year when we got lost lost to Gonzaga. But anyway, um, we also just beat them in the conference mm-hmm. semis like a week before the selection came out. Uh, anyway, though, and then you know next year they make it to the they make it to the final four. I think a guy that you're not going to see Monday that will remember Moretti. Oh yeah, he killed yeah. us at times, you know. And I'm glad to see he won't be on the floor. I think that'll allow us to kind of. But this way, I'd rather as as much as people love Mac McClung, I'd rather see a team led by Mac McClung than a team led by yeah, David. Davide was a killer. I mean, I, when he transferred or not transferred, when he left the program, when he you know hung it up with them, decided to go back overseas, there was. No love lost there. I'm totally fine with that. He was a Mountaineer killer. He stroked it every night he played against us. So, you know, like you said, McClung's obviously a good player, but he, I feel like Moretti brought more to the table across the board for Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100, 100%. Moretti brought more of kind of that, you know, that, that grinder mentality that built on what Evans built, which builds that culture at Texas Tech, right? That's kind of why I think Burton is a big key for them and a guy that I hope is a guy um, that we're able to kind of contain on, um, on Monday night. Uh, you know, because I, I think he's, he's also been a winner too, right? I mean, when you were at Wichita, you won games. And no offense to the Georgetown program, um, but that's not a winning program. I mean, and, and – so McClung doesn't necessarily have it in him yet. He's obviously got it's being instilled in him as we speak still from um, from Chris Beard. You know, and nothing that nothing against Ewing because I think if Ewing can get his way, he will. I mean, that's probably partially part of the reason why McClung is not there uh, is because obviously there was a disconnect between him and Patrick. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he goes for the. He goes for the splash recruiting guy like McClung was, and you know, it just didn't work out. But he's he's doing okay for Texas Tech right now. It'll it'll be interesting to see how his career plays out. I could see him being a guy who thinks after this season he can take the next step, go to the NBA, and more power to him. I mean, I think he already I think he already thought he was yeah. there last year, you know, but he got told that he wasn't. I mean, he's what shooting thirty three point three percent from the three point line. Uh, you know, he's averaging he's averaging uh. 2.4 assists, though, Zach. You know, I mean, he's Kyler Edwards is averaging more assists than him. He's 16.3 points a game. Um, I mean, like you said, he's a score first point guard. He's in guard, a volume scoring role, and, too. 
Yep, exactly. And that's, I mean, and, and, and Jamaris Burton, you know, the kid that we talked about from Wichita, hasn't necessarily gotten to that level. Something I am worried about, and, and tell me how you think about this too, with Texas Tech in particular, I am worried about our depth versus their depth on Monday. Um, now, granted, I think they're more of a guard-oriented team, um, so it might not be as big of an issue there for us. But they have they play a lot of guys, and right now, especially with the loss of he ha- he mm-hmm. who shall not be named, and uh, and Cottrell's injury, we're not as deep as we you know were initially, and in what we thought was going to be a big strength of this team. Right, and that's that's what kind of scares you. But like you said, Texas Tech's depth is pretty well rooted in their guards, so we should be able to match up well with them. Um, Culver versus Santos Siva, I think that I think that Culver can hang, you know, he can hang, handle his own. Yeah. But it'll no, I think he's gonna do more. I, than I would home. hope so. But yeah, staying out I mean, of foul I think trouble. He's a potential, that's a potential domination matchup for yep. us. Honestly. Staying out of foul trouble is gonna be the biggest part, as will every game moving forward. Yeah, that's I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know what though, Zach, one guy that um I feel like could be a potential uh someone to look into for Monday, right? A guy that I'm, I want to, I want to see, you know, maybe not have the best game um, for them is because really, I mean, you look at it like they don't, like you said, they really only have Santos Silva um, at the forward position uh, that you really have to worry about. You know, I I do not want to see their freshman Micah Peavy um, have a big ball game. He's kind of got a little bit of swing combo in him. I think a, a guy that Emmett will match up against a lot of times, and I really hope to see Emmett get the better of that matchup. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope that uh, he would get the better of a young guy like that, guy who can get them buckets and spurts. But, you know, Emmett's going to have to go out there and handle his own on both ends of the court too because he's a big spark for us. Like, he, he swings us a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. And, and, and like you said, a guy who can create a spark like that, you know, and, and when a guy – a guy who's maybe still in so new to the program, obviously being a freshman in that culture, when they see a guy like that starting to click and make big plays, kind of like with us with Kedrian mm-hmm. Johnson, right? When we saw Kedrian do that against Oklahoma State, everyone gets excited. Everyone's like, man, this guy's starting to figure it out, right? So that's big, I think, Monday night for us to kind of have the guy who – this kind of the spark, the initiator of the game sort of, quote-unquote, and have that be – our guy or someone on the Mountaineer squad doing that and not Texas Tech. I'd like to see it be Bridges. If Jalen can come out and have that kind of game, that'd be massive. Yeah. Have another Oklahoma-type mm, performance definitely. for Bridges, um, uh, which which would be real nice for him to do. I mean, if – and granted, you know, if, if you could get – I think the, the key Monday night, obviously, I mean, if you shoot the ball well, I think that changes everything um, because – but defensively, too. I feel like defensively Monday is going to be a big, big game for us because Texas Tech is good defensively, and we're we're obviously going to be a team that relies on the, on jump shooting now, which is a huge key. And I think just defensively for us, we can match up well with them defensively. We just have to want it Monday, and I think that's going to be the biggest key. And I, like you said, though, Zach, talking about Saturday in terms of we'll be ready for the game, I think like Monday will be ready too because I feel like people in our team may have thought to themselves, Man, people forgot about us a little bit. Well, let's let's show them back where West Virginia is. Like, I don't know if you listen to it, but like, you know, a young kid podcast, the Bench Mob, they're already down on West Virginia. Ah, West Virginia's eh mm-hmm. to them, right? Well, let's show them they're not. Eh. Let's go out there Monday night against Texas Tech and put an ass whooping on them, and show, hey, Bob Huggins and the boys. Yeah, they might have lost. He should not be named, but they're ready to roll. Yeah, that's that's the hope. And having them at home, you know, crowd or no crowd, that'll be that'll be helpful just to play in our own building. You know, if we if we come off that layoff, Absolutely. we play Kansas State on the road, then we go to we go to Lubbock. Might be a little more difficult just because of the travel aspect, but having them come to the Coliseum that should help us out a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, playing in the own building a huge deal because when you think about it, also from the perspective of you know how we've been of late, right? Like when you think about how we played so well there in the ball game. Uh, against Texas in our own building. We got the slow starts in the, in the two games when we weren't in our building. I think that's a very, very telling and uh, interesting sign for us, especially. Um, if, we can, if we can get those runs for due, to comfort, due to being comfortable in our building, I think that really helps us 
a ton on Monday against Texas Tech. Are you worried about that that factor versus Kansas State, or do you think it's just us going to play? There won't even be as much of that. Maybe you don't make shots, but hopefully you bring the energy to eventually make enough shots to be good. Yeah, I think that's a big factor. It ultimately it's just it's just nice shooting in your own gym. You're familiar with it. The you know a gym is a gym. There's a gym to a lot of people, but ultimately when you're shooting in the same place you're used to shooting, that it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It hundred percent makes a difference, and in and also you know something else. I mean the the non travel aspect of things in, in COVID world is is a big deal, and especially for us not having gotten to play in a little bit, having guys that have gotten it, there may not be as much anxiety going into the arena uh, on Saturday because you didn't deal with the hotel work, you didn't deal with this person, you didn't deal with you know the lady at the airport in Kansas State. They're going to have to do that uh, if those kids kind of if those if that's if those kids have that mentality or thinking that way. And in this season, like you said, that has to be something that's still kind of in your in the back back backs of your mind, regardless of how you really feel about it. It's it's out there and it's scary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> not trying to get on that too much, there, Zach, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's it, it it is something to to consider for sure. Um, man, you know, also, I think something that's kind of really kind of popped up in the world here for Mountaineer Nation of late has been um, some some returnees and some some fellas saying, hey, man, Mountaineers are going to play basketball again, but we want to come back and play football next year. Uh, some of these guys that we see are going to return on the defensive side of the football, very, very excited about that. No doubt. You see a guy like Mahone who really came into it his own this season senior coming back as a super senior he really had a hell of a year last year Jeffrey Pooler sure enough that defensive line even though we're losing Darius you know it's nice to not lose a defensive end there and Pooler who had a good season as well and this this is going to be a defense is returning nine of 11 starters number one overall defense in the country um it's hard to hard to argue with that man gonna have some key deep or key bench contributors oh, yeah. coming back too you got x-ray low coming back um, it's going to be another good season for the defense, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, too, I like the fact that a guy like Mahone, Mahone is coming back. Um, not that we thought that there was anything, him going professional or anything like, you know, but the fact that he wanted to come back and play again and instill a little bit more of that of what we're building in this program, I think is huge. Like you said, with Pooler, the same thing. They're really invested in trusting that class. Um, and I think – that's when we're really going to see the buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see guys that had chances to go elsewhere, go elsewhere, but didn't. And then you see – now, obviously, there's a few deflections – or deflections. We're not talking <laughs> basketball anymore. A few defections. Um, <clears throat> heard about Bryce Brand transferring. Mm-hmm. And then also the transfer of uh, – and the bigger one, I think, is, is yeah. Ollie Jennings. Um, but you know what? That, I mean, how do you feel about that, man? I mean – Bryce Brand, I'm okay with. He didn't do anything. He wasn't really here. Kind of a pit stop on the road. Good luck, young man. Uh, you probably need to figure out that loyalty uh, does pay off in this world. You gotta, you gotta be somewhere. Maybe he should, should not be named. Should learn about that too mm-hmm. a little bit. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener, right? And that guy's already done it three times. Um, but Ollie Jennings, a little bit. I'm a little bit more concerned about it, just because the receiver's a position that we're struggling in. But also, he wasn't necessarily a guy who was standing out last year when he probably – we thought he would have. Yeah, it's it's a position that, you know, depth is nice to have, but it's – he's a guy who I had some expectations for. I thought that he could be a good player. You know, one of the more sure-handed guys on the team when, you know, you see how many drops that they had this season. That's a huge area of improvement across the board. But you look at the roster, guys that we have who will hopefully be better with another year of experience, young guys also – and then a solid recruiting class coming in at that position and Caden Prather alone. But, you know, you got Wheaton coming back. You would hope that he'd be better. He's a good good player, good body, good athlete. And he showed flashes this year Definitely. for sure. He's just got to get more consistent. Same with Sam James. He had a huge down year this year. Obviously, the year before made you think that he was going to blow up, blow up this past season. Didn't happen. You would hope that he can bounce back, have a redemption year. Sean Ryan has been good mm-hmm. in spots when he's been able to stay healthy. Sam Brown showed flashes. The freshman, he he was awesome. 
Yes, he um, did. Reese Smith. Yeah, you talk about him. Reese Smith, another freshman. He will slot into the slot role after TJ Simmons is, you know, done and gone. Been a great Mountaineer coming from Alabama, but he's he's done. That opens up the spot for Reese Smith to slide in. Winston Wright, of course, he was probably the most consistent receiver. So you have guys there who can play. It's just a matter of them developing after another year in the program and being more consistent and hopefully not dropping the ball so damn much. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the key, right? I mean, if, if, if you get those guys that are coming back and their third years at West Virginia, you know, second year under Neil, some of them their third offseason with Neil, you know, Brown and Smith, their, set, their first real true go-rounds of being in college – you know, getting that program in the offseason because they didn't get it last year, obviously, with, with what happened. Um, I mean, man, that, that can make a huge difference because, hey, we know this. I mean, with Letty announcing that he's coming back, we feel pretty comfortable about that yeah. run game. And I think you got to feel pretty comfortable about that offensive oh, yeah. line uh, as well. I mean, because of what's potentially out there, you've already got Nestor. You've already got Milan, who's a four-star potential candidate. You have the guys that you still had coming back off this team, like Zach Frazier. So we're going to be able to run the football. If those receivers make that next step or at least, like you said, catch the damn ball, um, man, that changes things in a huge way for this team. And then we talk about how good the defense probably should be with all the talent coming back on that side of the ball. You also add the addition of Kerry Martin back into the mix. I mean, that's a – I mean, that defensive side looks real, real good. Now, granted, the two losses you have are a huge – two losses does that concern you Zach or do you feel like it's going to be a plug and play type situation I don't know if it's necessarily as plug and play for Darius or for Tony because it's an immense talent that both those guys had yeah those are two massive losses anytime you lose guys on a team like this which you know let's be real West Virginia is a very good program but we don't pump in and out NFL caliber guys so losing two NFL guys like Mm -hmm. Stills and Fields it's not easy to replace them but you know you hope that the depth the young depth, especially across the defensive line, will make it to where we can piecemeal the production that he got. You know, Mesidor is coming back, of course, after his stellar freshman year. Jordan Jefferson will hopefully be able to step up. He He's shown flashes yeah. in his couple of years here. Of course, you got Dante. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a group effort. Hopefully, Sean Martin, the highly recruited freshman. You know, Th- Jalen Thornton will also be, a, be in that mix yep, as Sean well. Sean Martin hopefully can contribute. He was a very highly rated freshman coming in. Yeah. Uh, the old Bluefield area. Man, you know what? That's interesting, Zach. We kind of talk about the D-line here a little bit. I really like that D-line. I'm not worried about losing Darius as much as maybe I am about losing Tony Fields because as great as Darius is, right, you've got a lot of guys that you feel like can maybe not give you the – he's not going to double as many – they're not going to double maybe as often as they did with Darius. But you feel like Dante's probably going to have a good season. Oh, yeah. You feel like Pooler and Mazdor and those guys are going to have good years, right? You feel like Jalen Thornton going to be a kid that's going to – you know, rise up a little bit. You're, you're going to, like you said, Jefferson, you're going to see those guys, right? You're probably going to add a little bit in the transfer transfer portal market there as well. But the linebacker position with Fields, that one is yeah. interesting because just the way he could scrape side to side, um, the, the speed he had, who do you think, man, is a – do you have somebody on the roster that you look at and say you think could do that? Or is this just kind of a, man, you hope to hit the transfer market? Or you just say, hey, we're going to need greater play from the whole entire unit, um, like a Vandarius Cowan staying healthy, different other guys to maybe make up for what Fields gave you? Well, just to add one more to your defensive line core there, you got Taj Austin coming back. Hopefully he can finally stay healthy because he can be a contributor. But as far as the Mike linebacker is concerned, I was actually, funny enough, every year in my notes app on my iPhone, I compiled the depth chart. You know, guys we have coming back, guys we have coming in as freshmen and transfers. I try to kind of see what it's going to look like in the next season. And I was actually doing that. Yeah. Oh, you're always forecasting a little, a little bit. Little Absolutely. Bit. I was actually doing that last night. And I have each, you know, position broken down by the players that are at that position. And under the mic position, I have three question marks. <laughs> so, I honestly, I don't know what's yeah. going to go there because obviously we lose Fields and we lose Dylan Tonkery, I believe. I don't think that he's one of the guys that are coming back, at least from what I've heard. So, I don't. No, 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 yeah. He's, he's yeah, I don't know what you're going to do there. I don't know if you maybe slot Cowan or Jared Bartlett in that mic position. I, yeah. I honestly don't yeah. really know what to expect from that. I, I can imagine they would probably bring I mean, in the transfer because I don't know of any freshmen that you could slot in there. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, like you said, I mean, Bartlett, Cowan, I mean, there's, possi- it, there's possibilities that you could move one of those linebackers that you, Josh Chandler, Samita, one of those guys you feel are good at what they've already been doing 
and move them in there. Um, but it's it's difficult it's difficult to do that because they've been so good at what they are doing, right? You don't necessarily want to change that, but you're going to get the best eleven guys out there for your defense too. And it's also cause um, for concern whenever you don't so have as much depth as you would like, because one injury to the linebacker position makes you have to shuffle and kind of scramble. It's, yeah. it's a little hard to deal with, but yeah. you know, I, I believe that Neil can can handle it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think the thing that's that's real interesting about that about that position in general. Is that's a, that's a good transfer portal market position. We've done well there in the past in the market, obviously with Tony Fields. Um, it, now, Grant, you know, I, I, I was trying to drop 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 Ryan Monday. I was trying to do a remix there too, Zach. Um, trying to drop Ryan Monday down in that linebacker position, but he was more of a safety who came down against the run. I'm trying to think of any other linebackers in terms of the transfer market. Um, I'll tell you one right off the bat. Man, I'm calling it a transfer market. Don't you like that? Does it not sound better the way they do it than Portal? Because then it's like it really is a market. You're just going out there and it's, getting guys. You're essentially selling them a year of a scholarship uh, to come play football because, I mean, you hate to say it, they're going to get a little bit of an educational piece there, but it is it is what right. it is, it's right? It's pretty much free agency at this point. But yeah. you, you think about – I'm going to throw one name out to you. You obviously heard about what uh, – what went down at Tennessee, the the McDonald's bags of money, the big oh, money yeah. out there. But yep, the big money. You know, we've been hoping for a while now, especially after Neil was able to get a, a hold of him right before he committed. But as far as Tennessee's concerned, you would hope that maybe Darnell Wright would transfer here. But from a linebacker position, they've got a massive name in Henry Toa Toa, a linebacker. Maybe maybe we can get oh, our yeah. claws into him. How about that? Yeah, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe uh, Darnell Wright can kind of t- sweet talk him into. Well, package you know, deal coming on, coming on to a different oh, set yeah. of mountains. You know, let's get to the let's get into the you know, little, little rocky top, little Blue Ridge Mountains. You know, instead of yeah. getting to the rocky top there a little bit. Actually, those are definitely in the Blue Ridges, <laughs> though. We're you know obviously in the Appalachian no, geography. It's so you, know, you think about that. You think about that. How badly John Denver butchered that. Well, I mean, yes, the Blue Ridge Mountains are there as well, so it's not like they aren't there. But like predominant mountain range is a mountain range here in the state. It's not the Blue Ridges. Come on now, we you know. It's that's no yeah. fact, but anyway, <laughs> semantics. We won't, we won't get too deep into it. We won't give yeah. them a hard time. No, no, West Virginia. We won't get into our West Virginia geography uh, portion here, but I mean, just you just keep thinking about that defense a little bit, man, and it excites me. It really excites me. Um, and then also, we just know what Neil's been able to do already in terms of getting good players to come in here that have made impacts. Via, via the transfer market. I think it's, it's real exciting to see where that's going uh, here in, in what's going to be year three for him, man. And, and, and I'm just – I'm real excited to see it because with these guys wanting to come back on the defensive side of the ball and what we've seen offensively, very, very uh, – I think I think the sky is the limit for this team here in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do with the transfer market because obviously – you know, guys pay attention to some extent. And, I mean, whenever those transfers are getting recruited to come here, you know, you're going to see a guy like Tony Fields, great linebacker prospect when he went into the portal. He was obviously one of the top names on the defensive side of the ball. He decided to come to Morgantown for his one year before he went to the pros, and he did nothing but help himself here. He was a beast from the jump. As soon as he started getting his time in the lineup, he was rolling, and he did nothing but help his stock when he was in Morgantown. You talk to a guy like Henry Toa Toa, who's in a similar position, and hopefully mm-hmm. you can convince them of the same kind of deal. So it got, getting guys like that will only help your your cause whenever you're trying to bring in other big name transfers. Yeah, when you, I guess you know, like you said, when you see success, you follow. people are going to be willing to to take that leap of faith themselves mm-hmm. and know, okay, Neil and these guys seem to have some sort of. Uh, you know, you want to say elixir, but I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like the Oklahoma uh-huh. quarterback position. You know, you just you hope to build that legacy. Oh, that guy did it. Oh, I right. can do it too, and kind of you know move forward with it there. You know, as as we kind of as we kind of keep going, man. I tell you what, Zach. One thing it, I feel like at this point in time, it's still a little too early to like start breaking down. You know, a schedule or anything like that. I feel even if you even if it was out there, like future schedules at this point in COVID oh, yeah. land. Completely, it is, it's still it's not worth kind of yeah it, it's not even worth your time really to break that down so but i will say this if you look and you think about the rest of the conference other than oklahoma is there a team in this league that you feel like has as much coming back 
on both sides of the equation that had as good of a kind of a feel-good season and the narrative is kind of there moving forward to, to have success for that team. And I can't really think of anybody other than Oklahoma that I think has a more positive momentum as a football program than what we do right now. Maybe you could argue Texas with Sark coming in. There's new life, new blood there. But um, I can't really think of any in the Big 12 here. I mean, can you? None come to mind right off the bat. I don't know exactly how well Iowa State's reload is going to be. I don't know if they're ah, – that. you know what? Time out. That's, that's exactly it, Zach. Iowa State would be the other one with yeah. Oklahoma just because of Purdy, Bryce Hall, Brees yeah, Hall's coming that's, back. They're going to be tough again. You still have pretty yeah. much that. Campbell's, yeah, yep. Campbell continues to keep turning down offers. So, okay, th- those two, maybe you argue yeah. Texas, With right? Ell- Ellinger's I mean, coming back. I don't think you'd say – T- I think we're up there at the yeah. top for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and, that, and that quarterback did a great job in the bowl game too for them that came in and torched Texas in the second half. I mean, you look at TCU. Um, uh, I mean, I'd say we're, we have more positive momentum moving forward than they do right now. I would – I mean, Oklahoma State's an interesting one because I think you can make the argument Gundy's getting a little stagnant there. And one of their best teams – last year did not retain and did not bring home any hardware that with Chuba, Tylen Wallace, you might just have Spencer Sanders coming back. I mean, who knows with what Wallace did in the bowl game, if he's coming back or not. So I see you're ahead of both those two in terms of your momentum and how you feel about yourselves coming into the season. Yeah. I'd imagine that as far as number of returning starters, teams having the most returning starters in the league, I'd have to imagine we're near the top. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a few of the two early lists that kind of list us in that top 25 range. Yeah, I mean, it's a top 25 program. Um, and I did a little homework there. I mean, I look at the other ones. Kansas doesn't have more momentum. Texas Tech doesn't have more momentum. K-State climbing, you feel like they're doing well. But, I mean, I feel like we have probably the third best feel-good um type of feel to us right now in this conference. Maybe if you want to stay tied with third for Texas, if you want to give Sark some love there. Yeah, I agree with that. I think us, Oklahoma and Iowa State are in some form or fashion up there at the top. And we were talking about this the other day. I really think that this coming year, you know, granted, I hope that COVID is for the most part died down by that point. We can actually have a legitimate off season, get these guys a chance to gel, get the young guys time to acclimate to the program. But it seems to me like this is setting up to be a year, if all goes well, that can be the start of some a little bit of magic here with Neil Brown. Yeah. I'd, I'd 100% agree with that, Zach. I mean, plus you think about next year, at least non-league, what you have out there. And, man, to me, it is two – actually, two intriguing games, but two very winnable games with Maryland and Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I believe it's Long Island, I think. Um Oh boy. Change their names from the Blackbirds. Looks like a shark they've got there. Uh, we're, you know, playing those guys there uh, for the home opener next year. But, I mean, those games, I mean, you feel like you have a good – if you get off to a good start in the non-league, which I think you can there, you build into it. Like you said, there's a special vibe, a special vibe. And really, for the most part, doesn't look like we're going to have any off-season um, defections from the coaching staff. Looks like we're pretty much going to be standing in pat and everyone kind of locking arms and getting ready to run into 2021 um, head on and kind of go up that mountain and climb it. Yeah, by this point, you would have expected any assistance that would have jumped ship and gone elsewhere to have done so by now. And, of course, um, yeah. I'm sure you saw that AD said that he was more than open and willing to give extensions to the guys whose contracts are up. So it looks like we're going to retain – most, if not all, the staff. Yeah. I mean, there's only really at this point in time only one other opening um, or one coaching staff that's getting filled, and that's down south in Huntington. And I don't see there being anybody leaving for those opportunities. I don't think Huffman has a lot of connections with some of these guys anyway. Right. Um, so, you know, Parker, I think he does have some with him, Penn State, but he's not leaving to call plays in Huntington when he called plays in Morgantown. Um, so, I mean, like you said, it appears like, for the most part, uh, that's where we're going to go. And Zach, say so. You know, Zach, you look at this team, right? And the continuity of the staff um, is going to be key to continuing to get into that top twenty-five area. Um, I think that's one thing that we're seeing here with Neil, at least initially, um, doing a really good job of. And you know, talking about Huff. <coughs> excuse me, man. Talking about Huff down there in Huntington. Um, 
draws up with the herd does add a former Mountaineer uh, quarterback then Clint Trickett to his staff. Um, very interesting and good to see old uh, old slick old slick uh, Clint Trickett there going to get a job um, working with with Huff there and you know has some experience in Conference USA so a good hire for him and good to see a Mountaineer land on a steep. Yeah, I like that hire a lot for him especially just continuing to rise up in the ranks. It's like his old dad. Yeah, hey, hey, now he he doesn't look anything like him. I'm sure he's he's uh he's faring a little better uh in the uh, in in the in with the ladies there than old than his dad did you know, hunkering down there in Glenville coaching offensive linemen. But um, uh, like you said, great hire for for not only for Huff to get him guy who understands the state a little bit and has coached on some good staffs now has some good connections in the game, but also good for good for Trickett to be able to land on his feet in a conference he's familiar with and, and should be, you know, be able to kind of take the ball and run with it. Zach, I did want to ask you real quick, what, what are your thoughts on the um, the hire down there in Huntington? <clears throat> well, I don't know much about him other than the fact that he came from Alabama, but just, you know, that alone is a pretty, pretty good sign for Marshall. I think yeah. it seems well, like he, he's gotten a lot of love on this, on this hire. I mean, he already, he already landed a four-star wide receiver. Um, mm. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, too, I look at this from the Mountaineer perspective here real quick. You know, that pipeline that was getting built up around uh, Spring Valley and, and some, you know, the southern part of the state, it might become a little bit more competitive again uh, mm. with a guy like Huff here recruiting. Seems to, do, seems to be doing pretty well already um, down there for, for Marshall. Splash, splash hire PR uh, home run down there at this point in time, I think, for Huntington. You know, I know another splash home run hire would have been to get Byron Leftwich, and actually Huff kind of mentioned him. So I kind of want to real quickly pivot there um, to Byron and his offense that's going to be um, going up in the in the NFC Championship game in Lambeau. Uh, the guy that he has at quarterback is a little bit better than anything he would have had to deal with in Huntington. Um, <clears throat> TB12 and the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks going to Green Bay. Zach, I was thinking here, man, since we're toward the back end here, you know, and we're talking NFL, maybe a little kind of two-minute warning style approach here to the to the title games. Let's do it. I like it, so, man. Let's uh, um, we are we will start it here. I've got a nice little round number uh to go with, and uh, the clock is running now. Zach, kind of let's start off with the NFC, man. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that that Packers Bucks matchup is going to be. Real interesting. Uh, obviously, the quarterbacks are going to get most of the attention, but honestly, I'm I'm not too sure how the Bucks' offense is rolling right now because the Saints gave them every opportunity to take that game. All their turnovers led to points for Tampa Bay. Besides that, they really weren't getting a whole lot done on that on that side of the ball. So, I don't know if they'll be able That's, to keep up with the Packers. Maybe yeah. it was a one game anomaly, but we'll see. Good. I mean, good good points, Zach, on there and how Tampa Bay kind of took advantage of the turnovers. Uh, by Drew Brees and the Saints offense to kind of score those points. <clears throat> and, you know, they, they were able to get by a, a good Washington defense too, though. Um, oh, yeah. Antonio Brown not playing. That's big. Uh, you know, so the, so the reemergence of Scotty Miller, uh, again, will be huge. You know, I, I look at the Packers defense. I think I try to compare them against what the Saints are. The Saints defense is one of the, is one of the best elite units in the, in the NFL, I believe. So I think that's part of the reason why, you know, Brady was more conservative and, and kind of allowed his defense to win the game for him in certain, in certain aspects. Um, so, but also I think the thing is too, you, you can't count on that this week with Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, the guy is super careful with the football um, and super efficient with it and the way the Packers are running the ball. I mean, does it come down to in the end, you know, Green Bay not turning it over and is the Packers defense just good enough to force a couple from the Bucks and with potential snow, you know, you can tell me all day that, you know, TB12 is a New England guy and he's played in his elements, but your blood thins if you're not in it in a while, and he hasn't been mm -hmm. in it in a while. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think that the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, it'll 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 sneak up on you, even like you said, with, with Brady's experience in the cold weather for 20 years. I'm sure that he knows how to play in it, but it may take a little bit of adjustment, but at the end of the day, Green Bay's defense is playing pretty solid. The Smith brothers, Adarius and Preston Smith, they're beasts, man. Zadarius Smith had his hands all over the game last week. Um, they're they're playing tough, and I don't think the Packers will make many mistakes. They're not known to make many mistakes, especially from Rodgers. So they're. I think they're going to get it done. I see Green Bay. I see them getting to to Florida. 
Yeah, I think everyone's kind of thinking that Green Bay is going to go back to go back to Tampa, you know, and, and yeah. take the Bucks' place of being that first home team in the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen uh, if Green Bay has their way, and I think we're both in agreement on that. Pretty good. Two minutes and 30 seconds there, Zach. So let's talk AFC there real quick, man. <clears throat> All right. We got out of bounds a couple of times. was able to kind of save ourselves, you know, uh, uh, an extra play or two. Oh yeah, that, that worked out all right. I think I think we at least got a field goal out of that one. <laughs> yeah, good good clock awareness, you know, good management there. All right, let's. Uh, we got a nice round number again here, so go ahead, Zach. What, what are you thinking right after the NFC game? Well, I'll start with Mahomes because obviously that's that's the biggest name in football right now. I don't think there's any chance of him not playing. It sounds like the concussion protocol was just that it was protocol, but ultimately it wasn't anything concussion related. I guess it was more of a pinched nerve in his neck. So him playing, he got choked out, man. You think? I think so. I think the camera angle is perfect for that. If you really think about it, did it look like his head hit the back of the turf? I didn't even really see like it kind of snapped maybe back on him, but it didn't hit hard, hard, right? Right. It looked more like maybe he was getting WWE style, you know, under Undertaker choke slam there a little bit. And not, I don't even think intentionally by the Browns uh, linebacker on the play, just kind of football being football. And it kind of happened, I think. Yeah, it just worked out that way, but it'll be it'll be more fun to watch that. Obviously, nothing is Chad Henney, but I think everybody wanted to see Mahomes hey, versus Al. Anything is possible, man. Anything, anything is, is possible. possible. Henney given it Sunday. was. Yep. Oh, I like that one too. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, obviously Mahomes is going to be the big the big difference in that game. Of course, um, Allen's been playing hot. He and Diggs have been about the most hot quarterback receiver combo in the league, besides Rodgers and Adams, which we'll see in the in one of the games on Sunday. But I. I'd be hard-pressed to not take the Chiefs to make it back to the Super Bowl again this year. I, I think a Mahomes-Rodgers matchup is going to be what we're seeing, but I expect a complete fight from Buffalo. I don't see how it would go any differently. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this, Zach. I think that the Chiefs are right for the picking. Mm. Um, they haven't lost a game that they were really trying to win since the Raiders, you know, since since that loss to them. Um I don't count the Chargers game. No. I think Buffalo hasn't peaked in the playoffs, and I really just don't know where Kansas City's at, right? Think about the last game they were they played against the Falcons. Then this game was choppy against the Browns. You know, you think about if, if Higgins doesn't fumble the ball through the end zone. Granted, if if and butts were candy and nuts, you know, all what a world it would be. But, I mean, the reality of it is is that it happened. The Chiefs were able to survive. but And the Chiefs were taking control of that game before Mahomes gets hurt. Right. So I don't want to say, like, there weren't, but it, the Chiefs season just been so rocky. It's just been so kind of start and stop, start and stop, even though they're they're sitting there at 14 and one um, in the best team in the AFC. But I just feel like there's something consistent about Buffalo. There's something I like their receivers. I think they match up and will be able to score for the most part, score for score with the with the Chiefs. I think I trust Buffalo's ability on defense a little bit more than I trust the Chiefs. Um, at this point in time, and I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, you, you kind of, maybe that's a little bit short-sighted considering, you know, how well the Chiefs defense has been the last, the last year and a half, but there's still some times when I wonder about the Chiefs defense and the Bills for the most part. Um, I feel like Tredavious White's going to be able to do a pretty decent job, um, with, with Ty- Tyree Kill if that's possible. I just like the way the Bills are coming into form here, man. Um, And Josh Allen, you know, I think this is his kind of his moment here on Sunday. He's, he's been more consistent all year than Patty this year, without question. Can't deny Patty's talent, but I think Josh Allen's is peaking and the bills might play their best football game of the season on Sunday. I just have a weird feeling about it. Well, they'll be inspired. Don't, don't uh, get it mistaken. They'll, they'll be ready to roll. It'll it'll be hype as hell in there. Even though it'll be in Kansas city, the bills will be rocking and Bill's mafia would go absolute bananas. What a way for 2020 to go into 2021 than the bills to get to the super bowl. How crazy would that be? Nobody, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo bills, right? Zach. I mean, that's Hey, I just, there's a weird, Weird vibe I get off it. They've been consistent. You know, their defense really stepped up, has a lot of confidence by the way they've played in the playoffs. Um, and, and for the most part all year, you like Leslie Frazier making those calls, heating up Mahomes a couple of times. And I think something, too, you remember when they played on that weird um, extra Monday night game, got pushed back off the Thursday COVID situation mm-hmm. there in the season. Rainy day, but the Chiefs ran the football, right? I don't think that the Bills are going to allow that to happen this time. Um, 
if that ends if it's a kind of if there's snow in the snow in there and it, granted you're not gonna let you don't want to let Mahomes beat you either but I just have a feeling that the Bills are not going to allow the Chiefs to do that to him and then they can make a couple plays in the back end and they can score they can score with them as well um with, without a, without a doubt in my mind I, I don't think it's going to be heard someone say they really like Buffalo to win by 10 and I'm like I think that's a little far-fetched but I have a weird feeling the Bills win this football game I like it I would not have a problem with that whatsoever I Ultimately, the Bills did a great job of containing the Ravens, but let's let's call it what it is. The Ravens have not proven to be a team that can perform in the playoffs, and that kind of goes back to Lamar, too. He hasn't shown up when he needs to show up. Lamar can't throw the football. No, he can't. And Lamar can't throw the football. Different story for the team. Yeah, absolutely. No question. And whether or, yeah. not, whether or not Tredavious White finds a way to at least slow Tyree Kill, which is one of the worst you know matchups in football, that's a toughie no matter who you are. But mm-hmm. them trying to put clamps on Kelsey, I don't think there's a team in the NFL that can do it. So it'll yeah. one of the biggest keys to that game, I think, will be the status of Kansas City's running backs. They can do it without a top-end running back. They've shown it. They did it last year. I mean, they had Damian Williams as a running back. Nothing against Damian Williams, but I would say off Damian, hey, he, he had a hell of a, hell of a playoff. But with CEH and Le'Veon being on the question of win, if they can play, or at least one of them can play, that would be huge for Kansas City. Oh, 100%. I mean, 100% agree with that statement. And the Bills need to Bills need to actually attempt to run the football a little bit, I think, unlike that first half with the one attempt. I mean, one one damn run – or one damn hit. You know, you talk about Euchre uh, in Major League, old Harry Doyle. One damn hit? <laughs> you can't say that on the air. Um, <laughs> I, nobody's listening anyway. No, but I mean and, – and that's, you know – I just you get that you get that feel, man. That they're if they make a mistake, they make a mistake. Something could something could happen. Um, and if they have one, like you said, who knows? It 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 could, it could happen for them. I really 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 excited to watch these games. Looks like both are gonna have snow. And uh, in, in the great words of old Harry Doyle, there. If nobody's if you're not listening, if you're still listening by now, we really appreciate you. And um, thanks for joining us here on the porch, Zach. Always thanks for having you come by, buddy. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Y'all take it easy.